0: Oh, this is Dean Benderman, and this is part of my blog uh, for ECI 832 uh, from the week of January 28th to uh, February the 4th. And I thought I'd try something a little bit different. Uh, I was looking at the assignment. And, you know, I think a lot of times we kind of talk as adults or as teachers about uh, a lot of these questions, but uh, I thought I'd try something a little bit different. And Actually, do a podcast with my son Xander here. Uh, He's in grade twelve. He uh, maybe I'm giving him too much information to talk, but he also he's a grade twelve student at uh, Miller uh, Catholic High School, and uh, he's pretty savvy when it comes to uh, using uh, digital means and digital methods, whether it's in the classroom or even uh, online with his friends. And so I thought I'd ask him a few uh, questions that we have, and then see where his conversation goes because. I think, um, you know, we've talked about in class, what are parents doing, uh, you know, to relate to their, to their own kids about things. And have also, uh, also as teachers, how are we going to reach out to, to students? So it would be nice to have another, uh, perspective. So Sandra welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for being here. I, I didn't even have to offer you 10 bucks or a Tim Horton's, uh, uh, hot chocolate for mm-hmm. this. So, so that's all right. So, um, you Know, I'm just we're just looking at the questions we had a little conversation before, but uh, we'll just maybe just start uh, with the first question that's on the list for this week. And do you think I know you've been through school almost uh, 13 years, you'll be graduating, uh, geez, in June, scary stuff mm-hmm. here. Uh, do you think schools need to change? And if you do, uh, what ways would you like to see schools change?
1: I think there's a lot of ways that uh, schools can change in the newer areas to be more friendly and uh to be more like I guess kind of accepting of their students, right? There's a lot of things that they can do to with technology that uh, will help their kids learn and a lot of things that will uh, help like kids uh, with that learn differently um, uh, I guess learn better, right? Um, I mean off the top of my head there's a lot of teachers I have that don't even put like some of their basic stuff like their lessons on websites or anything for kids to look at if they're not school for one day. Stuff like that really helps. And having a lot of those like online resources or like even like online tests and stuff to practice for um, for people who want to prepare more for tests, stuff like that. There's so many different things on the Internet available for students and uh, if teachers can provide their students with more of this stuff, I think it will really help uh, to like help them in the classroom and stuff like that.
0: Well, to me, that seems like a lot of just substitution and, you know, you're still doing school the same way you're still writing a test or you're still, you know, kind of, you know, is there something that, you know, education could do or look like with the technology tools, for example, to really create a different learning space where, Uh, students feel more engaged and more empowered in their learning and maybe you know more sign of the times because really school the way it's set up right now is kind of set up for the industrial revolution trying to you know train people to be you know factory workers and, and and being able to do that and have enough intelligence or knowledge or skills to do that but our world's changed a lot since then. So mm-hmm. is there like, what would be your ideal classroom uh, situation or it doesn't even have to look like it does when you walk the halls of Miller or, you know, and go to classes What what would be like, wow, that'd be really cool to walk into a play, a
1: learning space and do, or even do from home. All right. Well, I think that's something that's kind of, it's kind of tough to find a specific answer because there's a lot of different ways of like about approaching that i think the teacher to student connection in a classroom that should be something that always happens right being able to be punctual to your classes be there on time having that connection with your teacher is really important but at the same time i think it's also really important uh if teachers can to be able to respond to students with now that we have stuff like i mean just emailing your teacher and getting back to them or using stuff like uh remind or group chats like like facebook messenger group chats i have for some of my classes and it really helps um for students and teachers to talk to each other so we can talk about like for my math class that i have uh we can talk about questions in our lessons and stuff like that or we can talk about like when we're having tests just so everyone's like i guess prepared for that right so i think that's a really important thing to do in this day and age and And a lot of teachers are starting to do it like more and more as time is going on. But implementing uh, different types of technology into the classroom and implementing different, uh, I guess, ways of learning online is a really big help for a lot of people. And for me personally, I find a lot lot more times uh, like a lot more enjoyment in it than like watching a PowerPoint and writing down notes on it that's not really my favorite thing to do, but there's a lot more interactive kind of learning that will keep people engaged. What like using uh, technology and doing stuff online. So do you think a teacher's
0: role should change, you know, do it, does a teacher need to uh, like you mentioned, writing down notes? Um, What, what should a teacher do in order to provide something different for students rather than uh, doing notes? Like how do you, what does a teacher provide in a lesson or, or that that would maybe use technology more that would get more out of more students?
1: Okay, well, I'm going to think of something maybe from a I'll, – I'll use an example of my math class again. I think something that uh, me and my friends have been doing in our class that has really helped that I think a lot of teachers could do is having like example questions of how to do a certain formula or a certain uh, type of question – as a video to watch and go through all the processes and all the steps, that is such a big help. If like when, like it's the night before a math test, you want to review uh, how to take derivatives or something, or uh, go over all the different um, uh, like derivative rules. Right, being able to watch a video on how um, like how each of those rules works and stuff like that is really helpful because when you're at home and it's 10 o'clock the night before the test, you can't really have that much contact with your teacher. But if they have something like on a website where you can go and watch a video that will explain how to do a certain type of uh, formula or a certain way of doing something, it really helps. And it's saved me and my friends multiple times on many different tests.
0: Okay, so you mentioned tests and stuff, but you mentioned how to do it. But why do you learn about derivatives? Does your teacher give you like a... A problem like you know you got to build a house or you got to you know do you have to do some kind of stock market thing or you have to uh do, make a suspension bridge where does the you know do you ever get something like that where instead of just giving a video to watch or a question or something like that do you ever have time to explore why you're learning about this
1: or where it might fit in or, or something like that well for me uh if we're gonna keep talking about math i guess um, I mean, it, we don't really do too much applied, uh, math or anything like that. Like we don't really take it and put it to a question, which I think is like something that a lot of classes can do better is actually taking the skills that you learned in the class and applying it to something like, uh, for example, in my chem 30 class, uh, our student directed studies are, is a really good way of doing that. We get to like pick a project, like an actual experiment that we can do based off of what we've learned and uh that that's a really good way of applying things from a classroom. Um but yeah, I mean it depends on the class like for my like AP calculus class, it's a lot harder to wedge in those kind of projects because we have to go over so many different topics and stuff like that. And I mean, with the way that we have tests now, see that that's a really tough thing. I it, like Obviously tests are meant to gauge what the student knows about like a certain subject, right? And uh I know it's not the case for all classes or for all students, but for me personally, I feel like a lot of times like I care more about the grade I get on a test and like what I've actually learned, right? Like I'll go and I'll write an exam and I'll get a ninety-five on it and then a week later I'll look back on what we did. And I, it just doesn't mean anything to me. And I don't really remember it as much because I'm just kind of regurgitating what I'm learning. And finding a balance between learning and applying, especially in a really intensive class like AP Calculus, is tough to do. But I think that with what we have nowadays with, like, stuff online, there's a lot more ways that people can learn about that kind of stuff and actually, like like put into perspective what you're learning into a real life scenario
0: yeah no i hear what you're saying but then that's why you know i kind of think you know i've been at this for a few years that school really needs to change because what you said kind of you know it almost disappoints me that schools hasn't progressed much <laughs> you know even for the last hundred and some years it's still kind of what mark did you get on the test and i know it's something i say to my students like the the skills and knowledge that you're learning should, you know, supersede uh, the mark and and how you're applying it and stuff like that. So um, like my perspective on that, would, we really need to blow up what school looks like right now and start almost from, you know, what's the learner's perspective? Like, you know, like do we need bells doing, like you said, fit in, you know, I think the fact that sometimes we have to worry about fitting things in, really limit what we can do with students and the opportunities they could do to, to do so much more. Like, why do we have to have a bell? Why do we have to have a like we just finished a semester, right? So, why do we? Why can't we? If you're if you're into something, why or why can't you keep going? Or why can't we do something that's interdisciplinary where you know you're building a project? I know there's some places in the world that do that. I hear really cool things out of Finland. Yeah, and I hear other uh, th- you know people doing things in STEM and, you know, and, you know, creating things and building things. But I think for the vast majority, uh, you know, of that. So, you know, do you think, um, I, you know, by sounds of it too, I, it sounds like you're good at playing school a, a lot, you Middle know, and you're doing yeah. well in that, and you understand what the teacher wants to give him back or her back. True. But are you really pushing yourself? That's why when you talk about your computer science class, I get really excited about that because it seems like that's one of your favorite classes from talking to you in the past. And yep. I like what you do in that class because I think it's kind of the more way – I think you're learning a lot. Like, you know, not only are you learning the program and computational thinking all that, but I really think you're learning the trial and error. You're, you know, you have, to have that grit in, in computer science. You're okay with failing mm-hmm. and your program doesn't work. You just don't quit. You have to think of things on the fly. You talk to other people. You get people to debug your program. You get the teacher Mm -hmm. to come in and give you a different perspective. You know, the teacher doesn't really just stand in front of the class and tell you, here's line one, here's line two, here's line three. Like, here's your your project, get at her. And you just go to work and you help each other out and you look online. Yeah, your teacher gives you feedback on your work and directs you and guides you. Um, But you have an opportunity to take it, wherever you want like you mm-hmm. can make a program like there's no ceiling where sometimes on a math test for example there's your ceiling if you can get to that that's all that's the only place you have to hit before you move on so yeah
1: i mean it kind of depends like for me i'm pretty invested in that class more than like my other ones and i put in extra time to like learn stuff outside of our uh, like outside of our lessons and learn different ways like for our final project that we had we did a bunch of stuff uh, in that project that we didn't cover in class because, like, I guess it's kind of the idea that we're working towards actually making something. And when you have the finished product, it's like, this is actually, like, something that I've worked on. It's something that I kind of know and that I've, like, you know, I put a lot of thought into. And it means a lot more than like getting, I don't know, like something, like a good mark on a test, like getting 100 on a test. It's like, oh, that's great, but it doesn't mean as much. It just, you know.
0: So do you think school is properly setting you up and getting you ready for your future? Like, or do you think it's, you know, you'll – once you leave high school, for example, then you really start to learn. Like, do
1: are we doing a good enough job for you guys? I think it depends a lot, actually. Like, there's a lot of like variables, and it depends from student to student. For me personally, I've learned like really well over uh, like my time doing like some of the AP programs. That like I've learned time management really well. Like when I did AP Psychology last year, that was a <laughs> that that was an experience for me because I had to learn how to manage myself and manage my time and get my work done with all of my other classes and any other sort of extracurricular stuff I might have been doing. So, yeah, it's in a, in some ways I think school is pretty good uh, for learning how to manage your time, manage yourself. In some ways, learn new skills. There's a bit of gray area there, but I mean. I don't know, it depends on the person. Like for me, I've definitely d- uh, developed like kind of some independence and stuff like that uh, from being at school and well, as you know, I like I take like my classes and I take them seriously and I get good marks so that I can have a successful future, I guess. but like uh, it depends from person to person. and yeah. there's a lot of things that school could be doing better to help prepare people for, like, what's like what's next in their lives, for university, for actual, like, working in a job, stuff like that. I think there's a lot of opportunities, like, and a lot more practical things to learn than just, like, you know, remembering, like, stuff for math, remembering, like, formulas right. and stuff like that. Well, to kind of
0: piggyback on that and change gears just a little bit so we – I really appreciate your perspective on school and, and where it's going on that. I always, there's a question I always think too. And in my class, I'm trying to do, you know, different things for students to get them more engaged, not, you know, and have every kid be able to, you know, kind of move out of their zone of proximity and, and challenge themselves, you know, not just, you know, try to dumb it down for, you know, we're not, no, that's the right expression, but try to meet the lowest common denominator or don't worry, you know, we're only focus on the high achievers. Like every student should have a chance to learn and move forward and reach your uh, potential. And that, you know, and that looks different. And sometimes marks get in the way and covering things get in the way. And mm-hmm. it really
1: bothers me as a teacher. Yeah. The um, curriculum and marks in general, I think, are two of the biggest problems with school. And I mean, with how it's set up now, it's really hard to change that, right? A lot of what people do and a lot of like what people expect, whether it be students or parents or teachers, like their classes are based off of marks when they're based off of a curriculum that they're given by the government and everything they have to cover. And I mean, I get that in a lot of my classes, like, you know, right before the end of the year, we ought to cram in some other stuff that you have to learn because it's in the curriculum, but it doesn't really apply to anything. And it's just it just like kind of doesn't really mean anything at all. Yeah,
0: no, and that's the thing, right? Is that the current system is just doing that? But you know, like if you apply for university, what do they look for? Well, they look for your what's your grade average, yeah. right? So Entrance
1: scholarships are based off your grades, right? right?
0: So you know that's why the emphasis. I know a lot of teachers are teaching, you know, to, for the test and that type of thing because there's mm-hmm. a lot of stakeholders out there that are still concentrating, you know, just on uh, what grade did you get. Rather than say, you know, okay, let's see your portfolio and you have to show what you've done and show your creativity and do all that. They just look at a mark and they say, oh, yeah, you're good to go. Rather than yeah. to say, oh, look at this program he made and look at this piece of writing that he explored or this piece of art, you know, to kind of see how well-rounded you are. And and, and what you create, you know, and that type of thing in your work ethic and all those soft skills that you mentioned too, that are super important, like the time management thing and all that. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting that you say that. So, um, you know, with all this and all the technology you've been a part of throughout your life and all that, uh, what does citizenship look, you know, like in, in future reality? Do you think, well, are we, you've seen a lot of change from, you know, when you first started using technology to now, um what do you think the future is going to hold is it going to stay the same are we going to rely more on it less on it is it going to corrupt is it going to be impossible to find um proper information are people going to try to steal your identity all the time um Mm -hmm. how do you protect yourself you know what should schools be doing to help out you know it's kind of a loaded question but what's something out of that that kind of you're going like yeah i kind of never thought of before this is what i think the reality is going to be
1: well, I—I I mean, there's no denying. I think any person can see that as time goes on, technology is being integrated more and more into everything we do. Right? I mean, you know, like now we have phones that we keep on us all the time, and that like that's a huge piece of technology that takes up a lot. And I mean, helps us to connect with people, helps us to like in so many ways. Like it's a great tool for a lot of reasons. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot of downsides to it. It's like, it's a double-edged sword in a lot of ways. But in more ways, I'd say positive. But I mean, that's just kind of looking at it optimistically. But I mean, as our world in our world as a whole, I guess like we, yeah, technology is only going to become more and more a part of our society. Um, stuff like social media is going to just keep getting bigger and bigger, and people are going to have to start wondering and like thinking about what they're putting on these things more and more as time goes on because it becomes a lot more accessible to whatever employers and all that stuff right so i think definitely facing the reality of technology is important like in, in so many ways in automation and jobs and how it's integrated into our life into even our education at some point there will be like a threshold where technology really starts to take over like stuff like education in so many different ways and yeah. i mean it's hard to see what the future will hold but like well do you think that
0: uh having no like um digital presence or or something like that or no uh, digital i always use the word tattoo you know, when people check out do you think having no uh if somebody went and searched your name they could find nothing on you do you think that's equal to they searched and stuff and they found bad things about you i i don't think so i think
1: mm, yeah i think if you find something on the internet that when you search someone's name and it's like bad like that's a lot worse than just nothing right because like for me personally i don't really post on social media too much i really just talk to my friends privately and stuff I don't really. Do you think it's
0: private though? Like, there's a question too, okay. right? Can yeah. Discord,
1: for example, grab your your data and stuff? Like, who owns that, right? That's yeah. I mean, that's tough. And I mean, in this day and age, the you know it's been talked about so much recently with how to protect your data, how to protect yourself, like your identity on the internet, with how many people there are that are like oh, like using it for bad things, right? Like that is really something that you have to critically think about and you have to i guess they like there's a lot of people have the reality check where they realize like like a lot of the stuff that they post is and like about themselves or about like their identity like that is not 100 percent safe even on private things because it depends on the company it depends on the situation depends on the platform and so many things but like it's a real thing that people have to think about. And especially when they're saying stuff online, you can't use the barrier of like anonymity to, like to say whatever you want.
0: Yeah. No, because other uh, things. But that's kind of part of why I asked. Because earlier, you, I heard you say about employers, right? Mm-hmm. So if you and I were going for that job, and that's why I asked the question is having a no identity on there just as equal to a bad identity because if both of us were going for a job, you have no identity, but I went and I've put things on there about, you know, the service project I did, or, um, you know, um, the computer, um, science project that I put together or, you know, something about like that. And if an employer is looking like that, and it's, like you said, it's coming more and more prevalent then you not having one to me would almost be the same as not having a good one because the person that has built up their street cred or their brand or their identity that is positive, you know, that type of a thing, um, would have an edge over you because they have put together stuff and shared stuff uh, through digitally that would be accessible to employers and say like, wow, that's pretty good.
1: Right. I mean, yeah that's that's tough i mean like i, I think it depends i mean i that a lot but i think it really depends on your employer and it depends on like i like guess what kind of what job you're applying for i think a lot of people will look at that more if you have some sort of a public job or you're a public figure in some ways like yeah uh i don't know from my perspective i i don't like I don't think it should matter like as much as some people make it out to be. And I don't know if a lot of employers look at it like as critically as a lot of people do. But I think it's something to keep in mind if you can build kind of that positive image for yourself online and in real life, like that gives you quite an edge compared to other people who have negative or like, I guess even nothing.
0: Yeah. Well, like if you Google your name, right, what pops mm, up, right? That's a big you know, thing. That type of thing. Yeah. And- It's interesting that way. Um, What are some of the major skills or attributes you think that future employers are are looking for?
1: Well, I mean, Hmm. I think a lot of things are going to stay the same. People will still look for being able to communicate with other people, being able to manage your time, manage yourself, be punctual, all that stuff. But I think your ability to navigate technology is going to be a lot more important in a lot, a lot, a lot of jobs. And more and more jobs will start using more and more and more technology as time goes on. So I think having that skill is pretty useful. And it gives you an edge in a lot of ways. What do you think that they would use that technology for? Hmm. Well, I guess it depends on the job you're doing, right? I mean,. I can't really think of a specific example right now. But being able to well, I'm not even saying an example. Like what do you do with your when you're online
0: and you're using this technology, what are you trying to do with it? What might you be trying to do with it?
1: Uh well it could be uh hmm. I'm trying
0: to lead you into something to see if you you'll you'll get it because there's there's one really major thing I know that a lot of employers are, are looking for. And you've got, you're alluding to it, but I want to see
1: if you can figure it out in some ways. Okay, well, I don't know exactly what you're trying to get me to talk well, about. In a way, it's kind of what I'm trying to do. What What do you do when
0: somebody tells you something you're not sure? What do you try to What do? you try to do? Well,
1: figure it out, I guess. Yeah, what's right. that called? Your problem solving. Hey, <laughs> ding, okay. ding, 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 ding. Okay. Right. <laughs> now,
0: you know, that's one of the major things, right? And I don't know if we do that enough in school. And That goes back to our earlier conversation about, you know, teaching to the test, getting the mark, yeah. are you solving a problem or are you just complying to uh, a system and, and doing that because like even coming full circle in our conversation, I mean, during the um, during the industrial revolution when schools started formalizing and stuff, you were asked to comply, you were asked to go into something and that was your job. Mm-hmm. Now the world is totally changed. Except for school, in my opinion, where you still had your desks and rows yeah. and you're still complying, but then you know, you're you're ready to graduate right away. Do you think you have enough skills to an employer says our this isn't working in our um, in our company? It's on you. Good luck. Right. You know, then they give you you know, they give you a problem. Would you know how to attack that or do you just look at a geez i don't know what to do i've never had to figure out something else now i've always been told here's here's what you need to do that's why i go back to the computer science example because you're given a a problem or something to make or or
1: whatever that's very true figure it
0: out right
1: yeah that is actually (laughs) almost exactly how our like our classes run and i mean like yeah, I don't know. But obviously, there's some guidance, but in a lot of ways, our our teacher does say that he wants to try and prepare us for the real world by just giving us an outline of what we need to do for an assignment and go and do it. Sometimes it's a little infuriating, depending on what we're doing. Yeah, because you're so but, used to being kind of here's your yeah here's your spoon Here, here's your rubric you. this is what you have to yeah. do right. I mean, you know, and yeah. There's a, for, and there's a ceiling on what you
0: can do too, right? Yeah,
1: and, and, and I mean for the computer science stuff, yeah, like. He'll give us something where it's like, I don't know, make it like we had to do like a thing. One of the hardest assignments is we had to make uh, a program that would convert numbers into Roman numerals, right? So I guess, yeah, like we have to take that. We have to figure it out. He gives us some things to look for. He gives us some basis on like what to look at for making that program, but really honestly, like the whole like st- structure kind of is set out for us in a way but we have to pretty much set out and do everything else ourselves and i think that is something that puts computer science away like in a different category from a lot of other classes like your fundamental classes like english and math like all that kind of stuff there isn't as much problem solving i mean you know you can say in math it's all about solving math problems but not about solving like real problems yeah, like, yeah, it, it's tough. Yeah. And I mean, to figure out how to integrate that, that's something that is going to have to be thought into. And it's, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be invested into how to add more problem solving to those fundamental classes to get people to think more.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been an amazing talk. I'm happy I uh, pulled you aside. I thank you for your time. Yeah. I think we covered a lot there, and I uh, really like the way you shared I think. So, uh ECI 832 crew I hope you enjoyed this conversation and we'll share it with you and I'll I'll turn it to my blog but uh thanks Xander yeah
1: thanks for having (laughs) me
0: all right yeah okay oh look at that (laughs) that was on record all right thanks bye